Welcome to Calling Their Bull with Samantha B and Audrey. We like to start each and every one of our podcasts off reading a small disclaimer. Our opinion based on our own education and experiences as human beings, as well as nutrition and fitness professionals. This podcast's purpose is not to replace your healthcare provider, nor is it intended as medical advice. Mama G and Samantha B encourage you to make your own healthcare decisions based on your own research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare team. Terms like healthy and nutritious are subjective, and everyone has their own take on what that means to them. In time, you will hopefully come to understand and appreciate our approach, which is to help our clients live a long, healthy, independent life that is driven by their food, fitness, family and friends, feelings, and a sense of purpose. So keep listening. We are not sponsored at this time, and when that happens, we will only accept products that we stand behind. So ladies and gentlemen, here we are at Calling Their Bull. Their Bull, who are they? I read this, I read that. My friend told me, we are here to help you as a nation make better decisions when it comes to fads, trends, pills, and potions. And today, Samantha B being your color, we're going to have Mama G as your nutrition expert in regards to dairy. Mama G, can you tell us a little bit why you are qualified to take this task at hand? Oh, yeah. I've been doing this my entire adult life, preaching uh, what I practice and practicing what I preach in terms of wellness. I have my bachelor's degree in nutrition. I was a fitness professional for 30 plus years. And now Mama G is finishing up her master's in integrative and functional nutrition. And I am very, very smart. And the reason I got into my master's program as an empty nester was so that I could really delve into the science and those studies that people every day ask me about saying things like, but Mama G, I heard this study said that, or did you read what this doctor said, or this book, or that trend, or that fad? And I wanted to pull my hair out of my head. So here we go. (laughs) So this is it. We're going to start calling their bull. And our topic for today is dairy. Why people do not eat it and why they demonize it and why essentially they fear it. So ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to call their bull on being dairy free and how cool that is. And I'd like to call their bull on dairy's bad for you because so-and-so told me so. I'd like to call their bull on I blame dairy because I'm feeling a certain way and last but not least I blame dairy on its environmental impact so I'd like to go ahead and talk to mama G about all of these four bullshit claims made by the general population when it comes to dairy now I want to start off with saying that mama G and I both do consume dairy but we're not telling you that you absolutely have to this podcast hopefully is going to give you information that you can make your own decisions not based off of fear so let's start with the first one I'd like to call their bull on dairy free is it cool am I cool now mama G what in the heck Yeah, well, dairy-free, isn't that like being gluten-free or um, uh, meat-free or um, carb-free? Oh, I think carb-free is a thing for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, ask the vegans, and then you can ask the, uh, you know, the ketos and the the whole fooders about being, uh, you know, whatever free they are. So let's go ahead and talk about dairy 
uh, free being cool? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I think that if you think about somebody who has lactose intolerance, I think that it's something to be a concern for. I think people need to understand that there is actually a way to test for lactose intolerance. Um, there is a segment of the population who actually um, does not have the lactose enzyme. Hence, if you don't have it, you will not process lactose. But it is not an allergy. It is an intolerance. And I think that's really important for you to understand because we can become tolerant of things in our life. So when we look at being uh, lactose intolerant, we want to make sure that three ways to deal with that. Number one, you can eliminate dairy from your life and see if those symptoms you might have go away. Secondly, you can do something called a hydrogen breath test, or we can also look at your blood sugar levels. So let's not just guess that we have lactose intolerance, uh, because guess what? Today, we're going to tell you all the beautiful benefits of dairy. So we want to make sure that if you're giving up dairy because you're lactose intolerance, that you really are intolerant of it. That and you're not cool because you did. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> so the, ne the, the other thing about calling their bull on is that dairy is just bad for you. A general just... It's bad. And sometimes people can back it up. Sometimes people can't. I read a book probably, I don't know, maybe it was now 10 years ago. Gosh. And it was called Skinny Bitch. And she is a vegetarian. I'm not sure she's a vegan, but she does really demonize the fact of drinking milk. And I can remember she scared the living crap out of me because at that time in my life, I was living on a calorie deficit because I thought that's what it meant to be healthy. And I was totally consumed at the fact that she said, if, why would you drink milk? If a cow or we normally drink cow's milk, unless you're a little baby and you probably drink your own mother's milk. Um, if you're drinking cow's milk that a cow from birth to its first year will double in size. And that to me was like, you're absolutely right. Why would I have that? I wasn't thinking about it in the terms of the benefits. I was thinking of it as fear. It's bad for me. Well, and that's where we got to really think about the fact that we are not going to demonize any food here, and we're not going to put something on, up on a pedestal as well. So uh, the fear factor is real. There are so many things out there that will drive you in a different direction. And by the way, if we choose not to ingest um, milk, which is the only thing that we can actually ingest for when we're... Um, in the developmental phase that first year, what are our choices? Formula or breast milk, or now we actually see a lot of people going to Europe and getting goat milk. Guess what? All mammal products, all right? So those are the only foods that we can eat during that time, and we want to increase the size of those human beings and then we start to incorporate real wholesome other foods into our life. So I'm just going to say, not going to play that game in terms of the fear factor. So when it comes to also it being bad for you, I've heard so many times that cancer being brought up and especially with the use of soy. And I, that to me, I think that that fear really comes along when you bring up the C word. I mean, who wants to eat something that could potentially threaten them to obtain a disease as in cancer. Yeah. Well, remember I told you earlier that one of the reasons I'm back 
in my master's program is to really be able to decipher the evidence and all of the research and studies that exist. And here's the deal. Of late, we see a couple of studies that I think are relevant to talk about. Uh, there was a recent study done on rats, not human beings, where the rats were either fed water or skim milk. At the end of that study, what we was determined is what the rats that drank skimmed milk had more tumors. Hence, it must cause cancer. There's no causation there. It was simply a link for this particular circumstance. We also looked to another study that talked about uh, using a control group of human beings that either um, were lactose-free in terms of their food consumption or they ingested lactose dairy. So by the way, let's just talk about that for a second. The people who went lactose-free still could consume lactose-free dairy products, right? So that's a little confusion. But lactose-free people, dairy or lactose-consuming um, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of this very long study with a limited number of people, they actually learned that there seemed to be um, these people had some connection to prostate breast, and colon cancer, those that were consuming the lactose foods. Now, it took nothing into account of their genetics. It took nothing into account in terms of what else they were eating, what their lifestyle looked like, their exposures. You know, we have no control over the time we were born and to who we were born. And there's just so many factors that make up what our journey looks like on this planet that really hard to say that was the cause. On the other hand, let's look to something like lung cancer. We can absolutely look at cause and effect with smoking and lung cancer. All right. So we got to be very, very careful with when we're looking at, at the research. You got to look at a lot of things and you got to look to experts like Mama G and Samantha B to help you um, pull out all the, uh, the facts out of the weeds. Well, I know my husband uses this one on the regular because he does deal with some irritable bowel syndrome <laughs> um, and that dairy essentially causes him gut distress. Yeah. Okay. Well, perfect. Guess what? My husband too has ulcerative colitis, another gut issue. And the thing is, we have seen an influx of these um, issues in recent years. And so people want to point to... Dairy has to be the culprit. The thing is, is that pizza you're eating that has the cheese all over it also has a lot of other components to it, right? So what, I, what people need to understand is this. We don't eat a single nutrient. We don't eat a single food. We eat a group of foods. And when we're eating that group of foods, we have to really understand that all of those things can play a role or it could be one thing in particular. So as we said with, you know, your husband, my husband, people with this gut distress, do not demonize dairy. We've got to look at the whole picture. And in my world of integrated and functional nutrition, we may actually take away some foods like dairy, like gluten, and then bring them back to help people understand that those perhaps not their problem. Perhaps it was something else or the combination of things that they were doing that were causing their problem. Well, how about the fact when um, a lot of people I hear go and they do these allergy tests and they might they might come up with that dairy um that their sensitivity. sensitivity, sure. So they remove the dairy, they come back and they say, oh, you know what it did is it created all this mucus. <laughs> <laughs> 
let me just say that in terms of the mucus thing, I have no comment. All right. Again, I'm going to go back to just what I said to you. We're not picking one particular food that we're going to demonize because of this, although it could be the cause. But I'm going to say to those people who tell me that, you know, dairy is the cause of all evil in their body. Are you eating pizza? Are, are you having ice cream? And if so, I suggest you cut those things out of your life forever. Um, well, that kind of answers our, or, or, or kind of gives us the, the bull on that we blame dairy for feeling a certain way. Um, and, and you're looking at the whole diet then, correct? Yeah, we have to look at the whole diet. It's impossible to blame one thing. Um, and I, I just want to talk about a few things here that you need to think about. Um, Somebody brought up recently, you know, in terms of um, breast milk being best. Now we do, again, us, uh, those of us in the medical world agree that breast is best, not only for the nutrition quality, but for a multitude of reasons in terms of um, immunity, in terms of bonding. There's just a multitude of reasons why breast is best. Now, breast is not always possible for everybody. Even with breast milk, we have to add vitamin D to our baby's diets because breast milk is lacking in vitamin D. So breast milk is not perfect. Now formula has been formulated in a laboratory to be even better than breast milk. Guess what? It's got more nutrition than breast milk. It has that vitamin D that breast milk doesn't have. It has more protein. It has potentially iron and things that could be limiting for that baby. But guess what? Does that make formula best? No, it does not. We have to be very open-minded to the fact that we want to consume whole foods, that there are risks and benefits to everything we do in our life. And as well with dairy in our lives, we're not telling you that you have to eat dairy, but we're telling you that you should consider dairy due to all the beautiful benefits that it can offer your life. You know, Mama G, great point. I just want to touch one more thing on that, that Mama G um, had spoke to me because I was a breast and formula mother and I breastfed, um, solely for three months. And then we did transition because of a couple different reasons into formula. But one thing she told me for the, all of you women out there and daddies that don't necessarily understand the difference that even though your baby gets one versus the other, they are completely healthy from getting one or the other. And it's not to scare you or, or go into any type of direction. And that's where you, the use of supplementation in the right ways it can be really supportive into a diet. But what I hope you're going to get from Mama G and Samantha B is that supplementation is usually your last step after you've exhausted all of your education and understand the benefits of where you could get this stuff, okay? So ladies and gentlemen, last but not least, I'd like to call their bull on environmental impact. I am at all cost not saying that I don't care about our, our God-given earth, but I really wanna make sure that we are doing our part and I'm doing my part without demonizing one particular food group. Ah, I love this topic, Samantha B. Thank you for bringing it up. Um, I am what I consider the recycle Nazi. Samantha B. can speak to this. If you throw your trash in the wrong bin, Mama G is going to have your throat, and it brings me some severe hostility, and I really need to work on this. But here's the deal. <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 we need to reduce, and for those who choose to eliminate meat and dairy 
from our lives. Now, remember what I said. Eliminate is not necessarily for everybody. It's not for Mama G, but reduce the use of it because, yes, there is environmental impact in producing meat and dairy. I'm not going into all the details because there is a ton of them. But let's talk about all the other ways that we can reduce our carbon footprint, right? And still be able to enjoy some animal protein, uh, dairy and eggs, those type of things. Number one, buy locally. All right. Number one, we want to buy locally because we're going to stimulate our local economy. Really important for the human beings who live near you. Secondly, we will limit the amount of pollution that happens from the transportation, the, the, um, the pollution that happens in the factories where things are are uh, being produced and broken down, um, which is a very positive thing. Secondly, we want to look to a great way immediately to reduce your carbon footprint. Stop buying bottled water. You people are making me crazy. Stop purchasing things in single-use containers. You Amazon shoppers out there, not to say that I just didn't place an order on Amazon today, but you <laughs> believe me, I recycle every single thing package that comes to me. It does not go in the trash. It goes into my appropriate recycling bin because I am trying to lessen my carbon footprint. Um, public transportation. How many people are taking a bus, especially here in SoCal, forget it, or using uh, different times of mass transit? God forbid you get on your feet to go somewhere or ride a bike, right? And you know what? Using an eco-friendly car or eco-friendly appliances. There's an effect across the board. You cannot put this all on dairy consumption. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to incorporating a lifestyle that's going to be healthy, it's going to provide you longevity. It's going to provide you the outcome towards the latter years of your life. We need to be able to do it and we need to be able to sustain it. So moving into Mama G's recommendations, I have been living coached by Mama G herself for years now. And I'm in a place now where I don't listen to the noise when it comes to dairy. I don't listen to the noise when it comes to carbohydrates and protein and so on and so forth. But part of that is understanding what it is. So Mama G, can you give us a little bit of like, what is dairy? Like, how can we consume it? Yeah, let's get the 411 on the dairy here. So number one, um, dare, um, dairy milk comes from mammals, human beings produce it, cows, goats, buffalo mozzarella. There's a multitude of ways where we can get milk products. Those milk products can be made into not only skim and 1% and 2% and whole milks, but yogurts and cottage cheese and kefir and butter and sour cream and buttermilk and ricotta cheese and ice cream, right? There are um, forms of dairy that are really nutritious and healthful and really delicious. And we also have not so healthy choices of these things. You know, I would say that ice cream fits into what I consider a treat splurge. Enjoy it. It's not really a great source of calcium or protein or vitamin D, all the things that I look for in my dairy, but it sure is delicious. But on the other hand, Samantha B, you're a chocolate milk fan, right? And so is That's Mama very G. true. Um, <laughs> so would you say like ice cream and or chocolate milk, the reason that you would try to eliminate it 
because of the decrease in nutrition, correct? But also because the obvious, um, uh, I want to use the word influctuation, but I don't feel like that works. (laughs) (laughs) the increase in sugar, right? Because we're we're obviously not asking you to dose yourself with sugar all the time as well. So using your dairy source as ice cream, which sounds like a really great idea, but in retrospect, you know that our bodies can't handle that huge dose of sugar on a daily basis. Right. And same thing we're talking about with yogurt or different things like that. We're looking to use plain, you know, versions of these things, not things that have a lot of added ingredients ingredients like the non-nutritive sweeteners and sugars, et cetera. You know, it was Mama G that actually helped me make that transition from using an almond milk versus now, I mean, I do use regular milk 2% or I do use, um, um, soy milk, but Mama G helped me understand that really all these milk options, we have coconut milk, almond milk, soy milk, we have regular milk, all these options and they can't be all created equal. And I think that's a really important thing for our um, listeners to understand. Yeah. I, and, I, and I think that takes us to what dairy products can give to us in terms of nutrition. All right. It's really important to understand that, number one, you do not need to consume dairy products to have a beautiful, wholesome diet. Did you hear me? You don't. But as a culinary nutritionist, um, let me tell you what, that day can give you such a wide variety of foods to choose from, sustainable foods to choose from. Um, you don't feel deprived because oh, I, 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 you know, I can't eat dairy anymore. It's like you get a lot of choices here. So the beautiful part about dairy is that it is a complete protein, just like every animal protein out there, chicken and fish and eggs um, as well. A complete protein has the nine essential amino acids, which is really important for us. Um, Samantha B, do you know what two plant proteins or plant um, sources have are complete proteins. Do, 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 um, soy. Do, do, do. Ding, 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 ding. And I know the other one because you told me just the other day. Don't oh, give me one second. A little, little, a little, a uh, little, a little Oh, ding, 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 ding. Yes. Very nice. So, so that being said, you know, it's really hard to get, you know, the proteins that are the amino acids that are so essential to us. Although I do know a lot of people that supplement with their, you know, amino acids. Mama G is a real food kind of gal. And let's just get real with it. So um, because dairy provides us with a beautiful amount of calcium, vitamin D, protein, and actually probiotics in a lot of them with their live cultures, um, cultures is that the word sounds like a culture (laughs) that um it's just a beautiful source of nutrition that being said samantha b should we move on to why um we need to worry about this Uh, probably or not probably it is the most important part about understanding why dairy fits in my life, why dairy fits in Mama G's life, why dairy should fit in your life. And that is talking about osteoporosis. Yeah. You can't ignore um, osteoporosis and you can't ignore sarcopenia. So, and there is now a new context called sarco 
osteoporosis. Oh, no, it's not. It's called osteosarcopenia. There you go, yeah. <laughs> I just switched it up for you. It felt good, and then I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> and that is not only the loss of lean tissue mass, muscle, but the loss of bone. And here's the deal. Samantha B has a two-year-old and a new little baby in utero coming to us. I have a grand uh, a granddaughter who's 10-month-old, and let me tell you this. I am so concerned about their future and their risk of osteoporosis because – they are in the beginning of their growing of peak bone mass. Why does it matter? Because once we have stopped that peak bone mass growth, we start a downhill decline to weakening bones. Samantha B, what are the ages that you think that women and then men um, kind of peak at growing that bone mass? Well, luckily, we just wrote an article for the SC Times, the DP Times, and maybe another Times. Uh, so we, we have talked about this in recent times. So women are in their early 20s, and then men are in the, their late 20s. Right. So perfect. So guess what? Up until that time, we have an opportunity to throw down some serious bone mass. And while you don't need to use dairy as that source, it is such a wonderful source of the nutrition that we need. The calcium, which is what your bones are made up of, the magnesium, the vitamin D helps us to absorb that calcium, and the protein is the matrix, all right, is the glue that holds all of those nutrients together to make your solid bones. And Samantha B, I'm just going to cut this for a second to say that you had mentioned those nut milks, the cashew milks and the almond milks and all of those other um, milks that are so popular right now. They are a wonderful source of calcium and vitamin T. Why? Because they're fortified, which is a good thing. Vitamin, have- vitamin D. Vitamin D. D. Oh, what did I say? T? You, you meant to say D, but I could see... I could, I could only hear T and I was like, I just want to make sure she, everyone knows she meant D. Oh, whoa. Okay. Vitamin, (laughs) vitamin D. All right. Um, but they virtually have no protein and without the protein, we're not going to hold together those minerals that are so important to building of that bone. So we need to uh, encourage our children to really start to use those nutrients to help build that bone mass. Um, now, Samantha, I'm not sure about how Logan feels about uh, collard greens and spinach. And uh, <laughs> Anyone that has a two-year-old Our is also laughing out loud. <laughs> All right. So that's the problem is that is that dairy is a really great driver of bone mass because of its ability to uh, be tolerated by so many and it tastes so wonderful. On the other hand, those of you who don't want to include dairy in their life, those of you who are vegans, uh, you might be uh, vegetarians who do not consume uh, what we call uh, lacto-ovo vegetarians who consume um, dairy and eggs. Um, If you don't want to include those things, you're going to have to be much more thoughtful in your approach to getting that calcium, um, that vitamin D, and that protein into your life. So it's not a one or the other. It is simply an opportunity for you, number one, not to be scared because of what those people are saying about um, dairy. Number two, to have some real solid education behind you regarding dairy. And number three, it can 
really provide you with a, um, a wholesome diet approach that is sustainable for the long haul. Now, before I want you to give me a taste of, of how you eat and practice dairy in your everyday life, I can't not bring up the National Osteoporosis Foundation. You guys can visit it, www.nof.org. The information on there is absolutely crucial when it comes to um, if you've been diagnosed, if you are at risk, if you um, are at a point in your life that you start dwindling down into um, latter years, right? I mean, that's when you're at a higher risk. Um, and for those of you that don't eat a full wholesome diet, when you get this overwhelming, in my opinion, diagnosis, which I have already been given at age 23-ish, I was osteopenia, which is now completely reversed. You have to complement your diet with exercise. Now, a lot of times Mama G and I always attack any type of obstacle when it comes to overall health with talking about both nutrition and fitness, okay? When it comes to osteoporosis, particularly, when it's talking about sarcopenia, particularly, we need to address the dietary intake first. It is, it is the staple. You need it. But what needs to come and complement it next is your fitness. So just a little blurb out there about posture, health, hip and low back, understanding appropriate loads, that resource, and we will put it into the show notes at the at the nof.org has some really great content, video and pictures. Now, we will talk about this in the future, I'm sure, because it will come up um, when we address other calling their bulls. But Mama G, in your everyday life, in my everyday life, being a 33-year-old woman who's now pregnant, almost won't be, um, (laughs) what should I do? How should I consume it? What's it, what's, what's something that would be good for me to try? Well, guess what? As a 56-year-old woman who is now postmenopausal, dare I say, it just <laughs> happened last month, one year from my last period. <gasps> Holy crud, what's going to happen to me now? We are all the same. From birth to death, we are potentially deficient in calcium in our life. And the bottom line here is that we need to make sure we're getting that calcium supported by that vitamin D, which helps us to absorb that calcium better and that protein, which helps to keep it all together. So in the Mama G uh, lifestyle, I recommend to all of my clients that we include three dairy slash calcium servings a day. So again, this is where you have to work with your medical practitioner to understand number one if you have a risk number two if you are deficient and how you can improve your diet and exercise program to make sure that you are not at risk because here's what's important for you to understand we know that one in two women over the age of 50 will have an osteoporotic hip fracture one in four men will have an osteoporotic hip fracture in their senior years. We also know that one quarter of those individuals, when they have that hip fracture, will die within that year due to complications from it. We're not even talking about the financial burden that occurs with it, the 80,000 plus dollars that it causes costs to repair that hip and all of the rehab convalescent that must occur. 
I, for one, don't want it to happen to me, and I, for one, don't want it to happen to the people I love. So three servings of dairy in your life slash calcium, eating a whole balanced real food diet, lots of fruits and vegetables that are incorporating the calcium and the protein and the vitamin D and the magnesium and the potassium and all those things that support bone health. And at that point, you too can have an opportunity to live a long, healthy, independent life and to have strong bones as well. And really quick before I recap, give me a fall special that's on Mama G's list right now for a really delicious and nutritious dairy snack. Ah, I just I just had it today. Now, this is my normal, what I call my Euro brekkie, which is non-organic, non-flat Greek yogurt, walnuts, um, muesli, and it switches around the old fruit topping there. But today was my first fall favorite. Pears are now in season. Took advantage some some with some pears in there and some fresh berries and it was the piece de resistance. I had a beautiful calcium rich diet full of protein and antioxidants. So ladies and gentlemen, I just want to remind you, the goal of our podcast is to allow and to educate the general population to make best choices and decisions in regards to your health and fitness. We want to help you understand fads, trends, pills, and potions. We are not telling you that you have to eat dairy, but we're giving you the information for you to remove that fear factor. We discussed dairy-free, being cool. We discussed dairy being bad for you and what that could mean and blaming dairy for every feeling that isn't a positive one being an outcome of your overall diet. And last but not least, the environmental impact. By now, this is the end of our call. You should understand Mama G's approach is realistic. Mama G's approach can be done each and every day. You don't have to eat eight cups of spinach twice a day, unless you choose to do that. You could include a few sources of dairy, milk, cottage cheese, Greek yogurt, kefir, or kefir, however you want to say it. <laughs> All you need to do is reach out, and we are here with a helping hand. We will provide any links in our show notes, but for right now, that is it. Mama G, we are done calling their, their 